Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, I'm Gary Mansfield, and welcome to the Mizog Art Podcast, where each week I'll be speaking to a different artist. Now let's begin by banging these bongos. Hello and welcome to episode number 25 of the Mizogart podcast, a quarter of a century down the line, who would have thought it? This week I'm speaking to an artist that I met at Ben Oakley's show down at Brick Lane a few months ago. I'd stepped out to make a phone call and as I was going back we started talking about the show. He said that it was his robot that was sat in the window. We ended up chatting for about 20 minutes and it turns out that I'd seen some of his work over 20 years ago. The person in question is scrap artist Giles Walker. Giles joined the Mutoid Waste Company when it was in its infancy and he travelled all around Europe with them. He's got a beautiful story about the Berlin Wall. And when he was telling me about other works that he'd made, he mentioned The Last Supper. It was quite a big production and I knew that it had been on at the Science Museum for a few months. By the time I'd heard about it, it had finished. But there was a clip of it on YouTube and it genuinely is a thing of beauty. Go and have a look at it if you can. It's called The Last Supper. So I asked him if he'd be on the podcast in the start of the new year. Well, it turned out that him and Ben Oakley were teaming up to do his biggest project yet called Monster. And a week or so ago, they started a fundraising campaign on Indiegogo to try and raise the funds to make Monster a reality. But I'll let Giles tell you a bit more about that in this podcast. I'm in the studio with Giles Walker. Morning. Morning. I'll go straight into the first of the seven questions. How would you explain what you do to someone that didn't know your work? Um, I build uh, animatronic figures and animatronic sculptures so fundamentally I'm a sculptor a sculptor and uh, <laughs> and um, yeah I make moving sculptures that's the simplest way of putting it I used to make them out of scrap now I'm, I tend to put more and more new 
new stuff in it to stop them breaking down really all yeah. the time. But yeah, I'm a scrap artist fundamentally. Now I build moving sculptures. Um, Would you refer to them as kinetic? Yeah. Animatronic? Yeah, animatronic, kinetic. But the thing is, I also do collage and uh, other smaller bits of sculpture yeah. as well that doesn't move. So I think I have to just say I'm, I'm just an artist. Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it covers all the yeah. all the bases, doesn't it? You start well, saying you started the the Mutoid Waste Company. Yeah. Was you? No, I didn't start it. I was, but I was um, a, a founding member, um, uh, and actually, I wasn't a founding member. I, I but I joined early on. I joined in 1989. And uh, is when they they squatted a, a warehouse next to where I was living on the Isle of Dogs, and um, yeah, they were they were about to drive to Berlin and and build a ramming machine to drive through the Berlin Wall. <laughs> and, uh, I love that I story. Just, just finished college, so I, I decided to sort of jump on board and go with yeah. them. So yeah, I wasn't a founding member, but I was, I was an early early member. There was fifteen of us then, and um, yeah, so we went to Berlin and we didn't really come back, you know. And how far did you get to ramming the wall? Uh, well, we we started building the ramming machine on this old sort of derelict railway where there were some gates that went through the Berlin Wall, and yeah. um, we we're sort of building it in the bushes, and then uh, we're getting more and more attention from the, the lookout yeah, post yeah, on the yeah, other yeah. side, and uh, eventually, the sort of DDR opened the gates and came out with their machine guns and Fucking told hell. us to stop. Uh, Stop antagonising me. That's a bit of an incentive to stop, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I mean, they, they sort of should stop the shoot-to-kill policy, but um, it was we were also getting a lot of grief from the, the West Berlin police as well, who yeah. didn't want any sort of anything happening. Any, any egg, yeah. But yeah, the, ironically, the, the wall came down two weeks later anyway, so... um, What, because of yous? No, no. <laughs> I mean... Intimidation. In some ways, we should have done it, but in other ways, it's probably better that... Um, they brought it down themselves. Was it said that it was coming down at that point? Can no, you remember? no, it wasn't. Yeah, actually, it didn't come two weeks. Later. It was about three weeks later because just we sort of left Berlin, and we were in Amsterdam, and, and then we was getting rumbles on the news that you know things were happening. Yeah, and um, and then it came down. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's weird how they've done that more or less in secret. They, they put it up in secret and more or less sort of took it down in secret. David Hasselhoff puts it down to him, doesn't he? Does he? That the wall come down. Yeah, he done some pop song on top of it. <laughs> And then they what, pulled the half, it, the half, yeah, yeah. Then they pulled it down, and he reckons it was uh, down to him. <laughs> no, it's good. I think good that the people brought it down themselves rather than a couple of punks was, from, from a, London. It was know. a pretty cool thing for you. It was something that Europe needed, wasn't it, at that time? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, when was your first interest in this type of art? Uh, would it? Oh, oh we should add that we're in a. And the, uh, we're in railway arches, so the noise going over will just be a, a train every every few minutes. But yeah. sorry, yeah, go on. Um, so getting into sort of like the, the sculpture side of things was definitely when I joined the Mutoids. I sort of learned to weld, learn how to sort of, you know... So what, did you join them just because you liked what they were doing? Yeah, I was kind of um, involved in the sort of uh, traveller scene anyway. Yeah. But um, we were running a, a stage and then... Uh, so I was involved in that sort of world anyway, but I like the Mutoids because they were kind of they were this sort of group of pretty active sort of people doing stuff, yeah, exciting yeah. stuff, having parties and building sculptures and stuff. But I actually I, w- I wasn't particularly interested in that side of art. I was I was more interested in the writing side. I was sort of at college doing um, script writing, and uh, but yeah, so gave that up immediately and started as soon as I picked up yeah. the welder and started you know, welding things together. Nice. So yeah, that wasn't until I was about eighteen or something like that. Yeah. No, 21, good, 21 I was. Pretty good way to start, or pretty good way to get into that 
yeah. type of thing with was, those, those sort of people. It was a really exciting time, you know, because, you, you know, you were... Um, the sort of visualising ideas that you may have had at the time yeah, anyway. Yeah, and we were living it, you know, we had... We had we all had trucks, all lived in caravans, and we just moved. We arrived in a city. We'd either um yeah first up we'd squat a place immediately, bring in tap, build sculpture, and either have a party or put on an exhibition or try and flog the sculpture, whatever you know. And then that buy diesel and more yeah, welding yeah, rods, and then we'd yeah. move on to the next place, you know. And some places we we'd arrange something so we got treated like artists. Other times we just get treated like a pain in the ass. Yeah, and moved on. Yeah. I was going to say, what was your main influence at, at the time? But it would have been the artists around you. Yeah, I think Joe Rush, who started the Mutoids, was probably um, my biggest influence at the time. You know, he was, he was a, he still is. He's an amazing sculpture and with this mad mind. You know, he's just. He's great, isn't he? Yeah, he's a, he's an extraordinary fella. Very young. He's he's yeah, just in a different league. Yeah, you know? I did go down to his show down at Bruton. Right, Art factory yeah. about I don't know six months ago. Right, the drawings you were doing. Uh, yeah, he, I, I, I don't know because when I got there, the gallery was right, shut. Okay, yeah, no, he started doing some drawings. I was down in the West drawings. Country and uh, couldn't yeah. hang around for another day, you know. Yeah, I think he started doing drawings now of, and of yeah, but yeah, he's he's got an amazing mind on him. And he, he's, the other thing about the, the, so being with those fifteen people, we sort of lived and twenty four hours a day. You know, you wake yeah. up in the morning, you're talking about what you're going to do that yeah, day, yeah. and everyone's ch- chipping in and. And, uh, and then you go to bed the same, you know, and it's nice. like, uh, and everyone's surviving on the art as well, you know, yeah. it was, it was, our, our thing was mutate and survive, and we did, nice. we had to keep, keep on it, on, on the same mission yeah. in order to eat, you know, didn't always and work. Was it, was way. it, you said it was 15 of you? Yeah. And was it all a, an equal standing, or, or was uh, it a sort of... Well, it was, it was in, in theory, it was an equal standing, no one got paid, we got, you know, Oh, that, that's got, more where I was going with right. it, really. Right. Obviously, you have to have ones that um, are sort of giving the direction, and others yeah. that are, are we all had, we all had to say. But you know, I think the, I was quite young, and I think the older ones had more of a kind of say than the younger yeah. ones. But as far as money was concerned, no one got any money. We got tobacco and food, you know, and then all the other we sold or made money. Um, then that all went in the pot and that yeah. paid for food yeah. and diesel and tools. I mean, other than yourself and. Joe Rush, is it any of the other guys still? Yeah, Alex Wreckage, do you know him? He's, he's still. I, I wouldn't. He's no, painting, no, no, no. he's yeah, and doing. He's still doing sculpture. And, and we still got the yard down in Italy. Really? We ended up in uh, in Rimini, in, no, near Rimini in Italy, a place called Sant'Arcangelo. And the mayoress gave us this bit of old land, like an old quarry. And um, so we all pulled on there. And um, people have been there ever since, you know, 30 years. Do you ever go back there? Uh, I haven't been back for about. Five, six years now. Yeah, I don't. Are any of the original guys there yeah. still? Strapper, nice. Strapper, he's still there, and Nicky, Charlie, still there. Yeah, there's. And a... are they still doing the same thing? Uh, some are, some aren't. You know, and some of the kids who were who were kids when we moved there have grown up, and you know they they're doing stuff. It's 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 not an art group anymore as yeah. such. Well, it's just, is it more of a, a it's community more, of yeah travellers people with yeah, yeah. Art in mind and. Uh, but there are some people still doing art down there, like Lyle is another one doing stuff down there. Yeah. So when did you come away from that and decide you wanted to make your own stuff? Uh, I kind of left in... Um, I left kind of a couple of, about a year after we got to Italy. I st- when we, as soon as we stopped moving around, I kind of... It, for me, it lost the... Oh, did it get, get itchy it, feet? It, it, well, I just lost the kind of... Um, the group kind of started dissolving and it yeah. didn't have the intensity and the creative intensity... 
as well. So I kind of lost interest slightly in in the whole kind of living as a group bit. Well, I suppose going to a new town is the equivalent of starting yeah. a new canvas yeah. or you know starting a new sculpture every time, isn't it? Yeah, and also I, I kind of I did also get tired of working in a group. I kind of um I wanted to start doing stuff on my own and. Uh, it's quite hard when you're living and working as a group because you sort of come up with an idea and by the time it actually gets delivered, it's it's a compromise yeah, in your bath. Yeah. I got a bit tired of that. Wanted to start just doing things on my own and seeing it through on my own, you know. So. And what, when was it you started doing that? Can you remember the uh, year roughly? In the early nineties, it was. And I left. I started building a band called Antibody, which was like they were just all everyone in the band was a robot. And, um, nice. But I had no money and hardly had a workshop, so everything was made of old lawnmowers and you know, <laughs> like, it was really shoddy but and yeah. ter- you know really dangerous. But um, I did manage to get a band together and, and um, somehow by blagging it, we ended up we were rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. People would argue, but I thought we were rubbish. And then we, but we ended up getting this blagging this tour of Japan, and we ended up playing in this wow. you know, Olympic Stadium, seven thousand people, Fucking you know. Hell. And it was, yeah, it was all on the shoestring. Yeah, what, so on the back of someone else, or was that just used? No, nah, this this designer, closes on a Michiko, Michiko Kashino, picked us up, and um, she wanted us to sort of promote her brand, and so she sent us on this tour in Japan. And, uh, yeah, we'd done, like, two shit gigs in London, you know what I mean? And, yeah. Uh, even then, the promoter said we were rubbish, you know what I mean? And suddenly we were playing 7,000 people in the round, so that's funny. Yeah, so, he, yeah, he said you were rubbish. There were 7,000 yeah. 7, people that proved yeah. him wrong. Big in Japan, they say, don't they? Yeah. So, yeah, I started doing... That's the first thing I did, and then I did other stuff. I, I When I got back from Japan, uh, none of the band wanted to see each other again. <laughs> it was one of those. <laughs> and I pulled apart all the pulled apart the whole all the robots, and I tried to make one robot, which became a lead vocalist. Yeah, yeah. And then I started that band Ruby Throat, which I'm still still going. And we got um, Ian Jury to do the vocals for the nice. robot, and so we we did a bit of work with the Blockheads, and I sort of wrote a couple of tunes with Ian, which was good. Um, yeah, and it just kind of went like that. And I kind of, um, I was just dabbling, really. I, I, even at that point, I didn't call myself an artist, really. I was kind of, I was thought of myself as something outside of art. Yeah. And, uh, and then I moved to Spain. And then in, when I was in Spain, I built these two, um, the two pole dancing robots. Mm. And that's when Sonny, um, people started taking me seriously, yeah. I guess, in some ways. And they, they still go now as well. And they, Have you just opened them again? Uh, they're down week. in um, they're they're being sh- they're down in um, Brick Lane for the next couple of weeks. Yes, that, that's that's called Peep Show, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Peep Show. Yeah. Whereabouts in Brick Lane is that? Hanbury Street, Creative Window. Yeah, that's going to be it, isn't it? Got taken on by Black Rat Press, yeah. Mike Snell, and uh, and that was an interesting meeting when I first met him because I really I was living in Spain. I didn't really know anything about the art scene at all, and I we were doing the Mutoids. We did this show in. Um, uh, the road called Curtain Road mm. Mutate Britain and um, I, was, I put the pole dancers in there and then when was that sorry that was I can't remember I'm dates I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. 2005 maybe I don't yeah. know and uh, I got someone said oh Mike Snell from Black Rat wants to see you and I was like oh, who's he you know what I mean so I had no idea who he was or who Black Rat was or anything and uh, and I went along to a meeting and um he said, what do you want, you know? He said, I like what you do, but I don't know what to do with you, you know what I mean? You can't make any money out of it. Yeah. Really, you know? What do you want? And I just went, I, have, I want five grand. You know, 
And he went, okay, come, <laughs> come in tomorrow. So I did, and uh, he gave me five grand. That's, and then with that, I started building the Last Supper. Yeah. yeah. Well, the Last Supper is, would you say that's what you're best known for? Uh, probably better known for the pole dancers, but yeah, the Last Supper's kind of, well, um, I think is the best bit I've done so far. Because I didn't see that, I, I know we spoke about this before, but I didn't yeah. see that until about maybe, I, th- I think it might have been 18 months ago. Was that in the science museum? Was it or no? no I did. Oh, I only okay. saw it online. Oh right, okay. I right, yeah. miss it because someone was talking about it right at the science museum, and yeah. it had gone. Right, okay, yeah. And I looked it online, and that really is something special. I, yeah. I'm, I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass, you know. No, no. But I, even I have to say, right, it even blows me away. It's, it's quite weird. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's strange because every time I set it up and fire it up for the first time, it makes me kind of a. Uh, choke you know what I mean yeah. it's kind of like I can't believe it was even me maybe. so if you just explain what the last supper is it's basically my version of the last supper and it's uh, got so you've got 13 figures sitting around the table all talking to each other mm. and moving and then on the table you've got um, these little sort of bird like creatures uh, kind of about the size of an action man probably and there's a, there's a whole sort of world of them as well on the table and uh, yeah you can walk around it pick up bits of conversation there's a bit of singing a bit of music and it's the table they're sitting around it's kind of like a boat yeah so this kind of the sound of kind of lapping waves and as I say I only saw it online and online it was shot like a a trailer for a movie and you get little snippets of of Judas talking yeah. And, yeah. And, and it was beautifully lit there's candles and yeah. backlighting it was it really was something special yeah. we lit it with candles because we didn't have any money for lights to be honest yeah but, like, but that's it, probably it really better, worked well. yeah it worked well and um yes yeah, it was a it took me about a year and a half to build and um my mum had died just just before I started building it so all my, I think all my grief and kind of Everything you know you get out, angry yeah. don't you when yeah, you're kind of yeah. grieving all went in there you know I was just down here in the workshop day after day kind of like getting sucked into this kind yeah, of dark nice. hole <laughs> and, it, and it, it came out you know it, kind of, it was something yeah. stunning um, there's something quite beautiful about The Last Supper as well which is kind of I think why it works is because it's not all kind of because um, it is dark you know but there's a s- slight kind of thread of humour underneath it but there is also it looks beautiful it's like a it's quite sort of painterly you know what yeah, I mean yeah. and, uh, it's like an old painting and I think the, with, with, with all your work that I've seen it appeals you, you've got a great appeal factor for people with no interest in art at all because you yeah. you get the, people get drawn in like the ones that I just saw outside outside in your workshop there you know there's like a 2CV6 for a head yeah. so, and, and another with a hammer for a head so yeah. people will pick out things that, that yeah. they know wouldn't they yeah I mean I think I think that's I mean I, I'd hate it if all I the only art I did appeal to people other artists oh of course yeah yeah. you know the whole point is you're meant to appeal to as many people as possible and I like that and I think doing moving stuff gives you a higher chance of that anyway because kids love it you know anything moves they love yeah you just um, put yourself in in that position don't you yeah and if you get them talking as well then even more you know what I mean so I was about to ask which piece that you've created do you hold most dear would that be it Uh, I think yeah I think it's the best thing I've done I'm the pole dancers are my bread and butter yeah. so I kind of like you know they're still, I still do, they, do they travel yeah they've been all around the world like Australia last year they were in there Las Vegas I mean but I, I live off them pretty much they're yeah. like my sort of Christmas jingle you know what I mean that do you have I'm, to go and set them up each yeah, time yeah. nice so they, they, they earn me a living and um, so I, I do appreciate them yeah 
and uh, but they are a bit like yeah. How many are there? There's two. They're like my Christmas jingle, you know. Everything I do, I go. Ah, how about this? They go. No, no, we want the pole dancers, you know. Well, have now, you ever been tempted to make more? Just to uh, add two or yeah, three groups of them. I have, but um, but you never have. I haven't really. No. Inspiration is another question. Where do you go for inspiration? I think uh, nowadays I go. Um, I read. I read a lot, an awful lot. You know, many novels. Yeah. Yeah. Novels, or sometimes sort of like a uh, uh, modern philosophy or something like that. Mm. But um, yeah, reading is where I get most of my inspiration. I think. Yeah, I really what, love it. Any any ones in particular you can think of that? Well, I remember. Well, uh, when I was building the Last Supper, I read a book called um, Straw Dogs by a guy called John Gray. He's a sort of modern philosopher, and I didn't really um, agree with him. But he had a great the points you were making. Some of the points you made were great, mm. and they basically somehow I can't remember how now, but. The idea of the little figures on the table at the Last Supper all came from that book. Oh, just kind really? of, um, just, the th- just this idea that there was... And his name was what, sorry? John Gray is his name. And he, he writes lots of books, but this one was called Straw Dogs. And he, he's, his thing is, the whole thing is about sort of um, how humans haven't really progressed at all. And uh, so I, in the Last Supper, the little figures on the um, table are kind, kind of like the human species, you know? Yeah. The reason I gave them bird's heads was to emphasise the point that they what we are just a species and yeah, else. Yeah. So yeah, that all came out of that reading that book. So yeah, superb. I love I love hearing yeah so things I, like that when they're directly influenced. Yeah, yeah. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So yeah, reading, I get a lot of ideas from reading and quite obscure books as well, you know, they're kind of quite out there and just, they make me visualise stuff. Yeah, kind of, um, and just like nick little snippets yeah, from, exactly. from here and there. And also, because a lot of stuff I do has started to have dialogue, I kind of, um, gives me an idea for the dialogue and stuff yeah. like that as well. You and five other artists, what would be your perfect group show, do you think? Uh... Me, Joe Rush, a guy called Jim Whiting, who um, he's a massive influence on me as well. He he was the first sort of scrap artist I saw who did moving stuff, you know, who did it or did it well. He's a, I'm I'm planning on doing a show with him anyway as soon as I, I can. Yeah, he's he does he uses air to move his things. Oh wow! But um, I think his show I saw a show he did in Berlin back in. Probably that 80, year eighty nine, and probably his best exhibition I've ever been to. Yeah. So good, I couldn't wait to get out. It's, it was terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, Jim Whiting, uh, Michael Sandal, who's um, he's an old uh, 
he's an RA, quite established sculptor. He's about 80. But he was doing stuff back in the 60s that um, would look contemporary now. What, well, from repurposed? No, but he was building sort of bronzes of Mickey Mouse shooting Bren machine guns yeah, 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 and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. And he's way ahead of his time. Very kind of um, controversial. And uh, yeah, he's a good man. He's, he's a very good man. And he's fun fun to meet and uh, his work's really serious and, uh, and uh, he's a great sculptor I like him and I think Tim Shaw as well he's nice, a, yeah. a guy I, I love his stuff and uh, I've worked with him recently on the Breakdown Clown which is that, that bit there yeah. and uh, so yeah and he, he does very dark brilliant beautiful sculpture so yeah those that's it yeah you mentioned about um, your collage yeah. Your 2D work. Yeah. Um, you just visualise that for it. Well, I always visualise Yeah, that I mean, now. to me, it seems strange to go from sort of like big metal sculpture to collage, but to me, the process is exactly the same. Yeah. It's like when you're a scrap artist, you have a pile of shit on the floor and you try and make something. Yeah, pick it out. Make it bits. say something, don't yeah, you? It'll yeah. make it say something. And it's the same with collage. You've got a whole pile of rubbish and you just pick out the bits and you try and use those bits to make. It says something. Yeah. So the process is, is exactly the same. So it's much cleaner, quieter. You can listen to the radio yeah. at the same time. And it's warmer because I can sit in here rather than downstairs. So, yeah, it's the same process. And um, and I think um, some ways, I think uh, you can get the same out of one of my collages as you can from any other bit of my work. It's, yeah. it's always tends to, I tend to always put a little bit of humour in there because mm. I think that makes things accessible. Also, it makes people... It's quite a powerful tool, humour. So it's always humour, always dark, yeah. and uh, and it's always political with a small p. I think, yeah, yeah, or emotional at least. I mean, the, the work you've got, you've got, you're pretty much in a sort of scrapyard, as it were, your own little scrapyard. Yeah, what you're saying about my office? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and you've got a load of bits of everything around yeah. To, yeah. to play with. Yeah. Do you do the two D work as a sort of escape from that every now and then? Uh, yeah, I do. I do. I kind of also like if you um if you're working with electronics all the time and digital stuff, then uh, you, you do get bogged down in in the sort of practical yeah. side of things, and you end up having to compromise quite a lot with what actually you can actually do mm. physically or or do with the technology at your disposal, and it, you end up compromising or just getting stressed out that it's not working or it's yeah. only working sometimes yeah. or you, you know and all that sort of element is really um can get a bit overwhelming so to come into into something where you just got a knife and yeah, a couple of old yeah. magazines is a is a complete pleasure for me and so I, do you think you're you're sort of stepping out of one world into another and it's sort of refueling you for when you go back into uh, the other again it's the same world it's just um doing collage is really calming and and, kind of, and, and and it's you can sort of um it's quite i find it re- really really relaxing yeah Whereas the other stuff, I don't. I find it quite stressful, and um, yeah, it's noisy, dirty. You're stressed out about technology all the time, yeah. and, and, sh- and showing it. You know, like he's put it in an exhibition. Everyone else, all the other artists, turn up, hang their picture on the wall, get pissed, and go home. Yeah. And you're there, sort of three days later. You're the drummer the, of the band. With, yeah, with a screwdriver. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, worrying about whether it's working or not. So yeah, it's. For me, it's the same world, but it's just a much—it's a much calmer side of it. Do you show with people from other disciplines as well? Like you're saying, like people coming up, putting something on the wall. Do you? Yeah, do? yeah, yeah. And do you 
tend to steal the thunder a bit, do you think? Uh, with the um, I could imagine so. With the pole dancers, I always did. With yeah. the moving stuff, I did because that's it's kind of press friendly and kind of a yeah. It's um, yeah, it's, it's it's very accessible, isn't it? So yeah, it was it was a bit like that. With the collages, not so, so sure. So I'm presuming just just in my head from the, from the way from the the progression that you've had from when you started to now, yeah, it's going to be immense, isn't it? Yeah. It is, it is. You know, I mean, first of all, you would have just had a, a sort of, more or less, just a, a MIG welder. I didn't even have a MIG welder, I had an art welder and a grinder, and that was all, the only tools I had. And, um, yeah, now it's, you know... Bigger and, art welder and, and also, a bigger grinder. Yeah, <laughs> and also now, it's all um, the sort of digital side of things as yeah. well, you have to have all these bits of circuit boards and sort of stuff like that, which is kind of... And, and well. uh, did you have an interest in that? Sort of thing before. I don't really understand them. I just know what they do. Yeah. And um, and I'm not particularly interested in technology. That's the thing. Yeah. I'm interested in making something move in the way I want to make it move. So I just and look that's at, just a, a means yeah, to an end. And I just look around. You know, I look on the net to find out if there's something that exists that can do what I want it to do. And then I just get it and work do out. Do you bring in other people to do? No. No. Oh, so you have to. You have I, to I'm terrified. Teach yourself. Yeah. I'm terrified of it breaking down and me not knowing how yeah, to fix it. So yeah. I have to kind of know how it all works. Yeah, perfect. And all, yeah, and that makes everything I do a learning curve, you know. So everything I do, I always learn a little bit more. Yeah. It just adds like that. Yeah. Like the first moving stuff I was doing, I'd have one motor in, so you just turn it on and off. And then I built this DJ, which had, you know, quite a few. And I had to, like, have all these doorbells that I pressed to make yeah, yeah, different yeah, movements. Yeah. But then... I think the internet was invented. Oh, so you have you had to just yeah, manually, manually make it, yeah. Wow, so and you the, had to choreograph a row of buttons and you could really choreograph. Yeah, yeah, it was like playing the piano. Wow, you know, like, but it's you know you could really get it to move that fluid that um, with fluidity. So, yeah. um, and then I discovered the internet, which was late. Yeah, you know, yeah. Then you suddenly realised there's all these things that exist. You know, cost like a bit of money, and and that you can pre-program it all. And wow, you know, so you get rid of the doorbells. But yeah, that was. You miss the doorbells. Uh, kind of, yeah, they're very simple. Cheap, yeah, yeah. much cheaper, that's for sure. So the Last Supper was the one that I most know you for. The Peep Show is the one is the one that is more or less most dear to you. But your biggest one is coming up... Yeah, in September. In September, yeah. called Monster. Monster, yeah. And I've already started building that. So, uh, And that's going to be a kind of... Um, because it's, it's yourself and Ben Oakley are putting the show on from yeah, the Ben Oakley yeah. Gallery. How did that pairing come about? Um, so Monster's a show I've been working on it for about two years, maybe longer. The idea longer, but I've actually been sort of physically working on it about two years. And I um, pitched it to a few people, just telling them about it. Basically, Ben was the only one who went, yeah, let's do this. Yeah. You know I mean, everyone else went, oh, it's too big or... or yeah, great idea. Yeah. Not just So yeah, it's a kind of it's a move on from um the last supper. So the last supper was a sort of animatronic piece, big animatronic piece that you walked around and you could sort of like get involved with. This is gonna be um similar thing. You got um loads of mechanical figure moving figures but you got but you're gonna walk in and around them. Yeah. And uh they will be talking, they're singing and uh some of them some of the figures are like four and a half metres tall. Wow. And but then there's a whole load, a whole crowd of them that are sort of human size, and it's going to be fully immersive, 
bit of kinetic sculpture. And they will be talking, you say they're talking, will they be talking to each other? Or? Talking to each other and to the audience, yeah. So um, you literally walk, you walk in there and you, it'll, the show will run probably for about, the sequence will run for 30 minutes or so. And um, within that sequence you'll be able to walk around and pick up on different bits of conversation going on. Yeah. And, uh, and some of it will be directed at you, some of it won't. And there'll be, you know, sound, music, lights. All working together. Yeah, all, all synchronised. So it'll be a kind of like a bit of mechanical theatre in that way, I guess. Whereabouts is that going to be shown? In a, an old warehouse in Deptford, next to the river. Nice. So you, hopefully people can arrive by boat if they want, you know, and kind of make a day of it. Yeah. You're doing a crowdfunding at the moment. Yeah, that got launched yesterday, yeah. By the time this comes out, it would have been running for a, for a couple of weeks. Yeah. How much are you trying to reach? We're trying to get, uh, I think, 38,000 was the figure we came to in the end. That's that's basically so we can pay everyone who who, who works on it. Yeah. You know, as well. I mean, it sounds a lot of money, but on the grand scale of things, when you yeah. break it all down, you've got a full. I should say on the on the site, which is Indiegogo. Yeah. You have got a full breakdown of where yeah, yeah. where all the money's yeah, going to yeah. go. So, yeah. I mean, it's basically it's two people working full time for six months, or actually we've worked for a year, or I've worked for longer than yeah. that. It's all the parts for the pieces. It's so we can pay people rather than having to rely on interns, yeah. which I think is a bit of a yeah, yeah, a robbery. So I just want to make sure that everyone gets sorted, you yeah. know, and and we we do a really spectacular show. You know? Yeah, I mean, p- people can go and they can either donate cash, but there's a, you've got a tier system as well, haven't you? Yeah, Where you can you can um you can if you know if you don't donate a certain amount, you get you can there's some, anyway, there's these things called rewards and perks. Yeah, <clears throat> and you can you know if you stick in twenty five quid, you get. A, a monster t-shirt yeah. and, and that go and it goes up where you're going to be putting more money there's bits of um you know there's uh limited edition collages that i'm going to be making just based on the same um issues i'm raising within the piece oh, yeah. i took them out with about maybe i don't know half or two thirds yeah so it goes from 15 pound for um like small necklaces 20 25 pound for t-shirts yeah screen print a uh, screen print Lessons you get, yeah, that's that's there. a good one. That's I think that's, that's one of the best. Yeah, yeah, you go, you that's go, only 60 quid. Yeah, you get you go to the um screen printing um workshop and they teach you how to screen print. And as you learn to screen print, you're, you're printing out one of my screen prints. Excellent. You come, so you come away with a signed screen print that I've made that you've made, yeah, and uh, and you've learned how to screen print, which should be good. Excellent, yeah. Um, there's also a boat trip where you can um. Get on uh, the boat will leave somewhere in in on in the centre of London. Go down. I think it's at Tower Hill. Tower Hill, that's right. And uh, there'll be a speaker on the way down, uh, giving a talk on issues related to the the piece. And then you get off at um, Greenwich. Short walk to you see the piece. And there's going to be um, food and free drink on the boat and the yeah. piece. And, then and that's only ninety five quid. Isn't yeah, it? and then on the way back you get a band. Nice. It should be good. People can come visit your studio. Yep. Um, a great after. one is yeah. £500 for your voice to be in the installation. That's another good one. I know it's a lot of money, but it, it's... It's brilliant. It's quite a, it's a, quite a unique... It's a unique, uh, um, unique opportunity. Yeah, because basically what I, what I normally do is sample loads of different voices... For all the yeah. for all the characters in 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 the in the piece, in, if you look at look at the Last Supper video, you see it like every character talks. Yeah, and in in this monster piece, there's going to be about sixteen characters all talking, 
and your voice can be one of the and characters. And how many of those have been put aside for? I think five. I'm, I'm late because I don't want it to be just like no, of course, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, so there'll be five voices. You, so you could be one of those five, which means you'll be in the piece forever. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Um, and we might. We might actually. I'm not sure. We haven't decided yet. We might actually bring out the. Um, the soundtrack with the dialogue as, as a oh, sort of release nice. anyway because just talking to Paul from Orbital who's who, um, he's, he's we're just working out whether he's going to do the music for it or not so mm. it could all be quite a nice little soundscape yeah. thing you've also got a few sculptures from um, between 700 and a thousand pounds yeah by, private gig by Ruby Folk oh yeah Ruby Folk's my band that's the one I, uh, I used to work with the Injury on and uh, now we, we're still playing 25 years later. Excellent. And uh, we're good. We've just played a mix of sort of um, sort of scar funk, yeah. punk sort of thing. Yeah. So you get us to play wherever you want. And they're better than the ones that went to uh, Japan? <laughs> much, much better. We're, we're a great band. We're, everyone, everyone uh, it doesn't matter what style of music you like, you tend yeah. to like it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you've got larger sculptures from 2,250 up to five grand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's, yeah, there's something there for. Yeah, something there for the. Oh, for, the other thing we forgot is, is peep show. You can um, you can um, have peep show in. You can in, have peep show for the night. Can't yeah, you? I didn't night. see that one. In, in any event you wish within you know the M25, and uh, I'll turn up, set them up, and you've got your two um, robot pole dancers. And how much was that one? I think. It's, Grand, isn't it? I, I can't. I, I, think I think so. so. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't write that one because I've already got a list of, yeah. of several. Yeah. So people can see that at indiegogo.com Yeah. Forward slash projects forward slash monster. Yeah. Or um, Ben Oakley has it on his Instagram. Yeah. Or I have it on my website, which is www.gileswalker.org. And remember, when you're coughing up the money. For, for these bits and pieces you're not really buying them you're actually making you're buying them of course but you're actually making the, the, the monster project yeah. happen that's the point really it's kind of you know it's a lot of money and um, I appreciate that but it being becoming part of a project and making it happen you it's going to be it's going to be something special yeah. isn't it yeah I've got one more question if yeah. you wasn't an artist yeah what would you be uh, um, an anthropologist nice yeah which is a sort of a, it's like your work anyway isn't it really yeah, yeah well I think that's about it all I can do awesome. is wish you good luck yeah thank you thanks and, uh, thanks for having me yeah there we go that was something a little different wasn't it and where Giles just mentioned as part of this crowdfunding you can go and visit his workshop for £200 let me just say this going in there on a bright day is quite unnerving as soon as you walk in and your eyes adjust to the light, you're met with this strange figure sat on the bench wearing a red hat, which does put a little smile on your face. But as you start to look around, you see animatronic body parts just laying about everywhere. It's the sort of shit nightmares can be made of. And as Giles mentioned there, Monster is a big show. A show that does warrant the 38 grand they're trying to raise. But where he was talking of The Last Supper, go on to YouTube and just put in Giles Walker, The Last Supper, and you'll see just what the man's capable of. But to help Giles and Ben bring Monster to fruition, you can see the full list of rewards over at Indiegogo. 
Now, for the most direct route onto their Indiegogo monster campaign, you're probably best off going over to Ben Oakley's Instagram page, which is simply Ben Oakley Gallery. He's got a link in his bio. Tap that and it'll take you straight there. But I'll leave it there for now. And as I say goodbye, I'll queue up Giles Walker's Last Supper on my phone. And you can see more at Ben Oakley Gallery or hashtag monster campaign. So as I say every week, if you could leave a comment on whichever platform you listen to this podcast, that really is helpful to me and anybody looking for the podcast. And if you want to get in touch, you can contact me at any of the social medias at MizogArt, M-I-Z-O-G-A-R-T. And more importantly, let's try and get behind Joel's Walker and Ben Oakley's Monster Project. My son ever did something, which he has. He took some candy out of the store and got caught. And the hardest thing for him to do was... You are right to come and see me. So I may explain to you. Boys put on and ease your conscience. You ever heard that now, saying? my friend, this has gone too no far. No man got to the top of the mountain. Am falling there? How does a man get to the top of a mountain? You gotta climb. Sometimes that's difficult. Sometimes things get out of control. And sometimes, just like anything else... Nobody wants to say, yeah, I made a mistake. And you? You must must pray for forgiveness. That doesn't make you a bad person. You've far into this little chat for some time. Maybe it would help if you just started talking. Ever since your display of heroics. Are you ever going to be a girl? You must be very proud of that. If you had done this, you should have kept your you fucking mouth shut. With your eyes. Fucking lies. Who did you tell? Are you a boy or a girl? Just cleanliness. Which doll likes to clean the house? Pick it up and take it to the laundry. Names, give me names. I sense that there is something there oh, that lies. I'm just being so honest. many lies. What can do to help you live with this? What a boy! I don't know because I'm not in your mind. Pick it up and take it to the laundry. But if there was something that we should be aware of, you know, I'm a pretty good guy. The devil takes many forms. How did you think you'd get away with it? Who goes to work? Until next week, Tara. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.